Radio. You are listening to Texas History Lessons, a slow walk through Texas history made in Texas by a Texan for everyone everywhere. Welcome to Texas History Lessons. I'm Michael and what Texas is today and the history of Texas has a lot to do with the contributions of a, a really wide variety of cultures and heritages that have helped make it what it is today. Recently, I did a little episode about the beginnings of German migration to Texas and the strong impact they have had on the state with their heritage and culture. They, along with the Irish and English, are the three largest European ancestry groups in the state. There are, of course, the Hispanic, Chicano, Latino cultures. Uh, you got your, of course, African-American Texans. You got French Texans, Italian Texans, Scottish Texans, Polish Texans. The list goes really on and on and on and on. And the one cool thing they have in common, even though they might each honor different aspects of their culture and heritage, they're all Texans. And that leads us to our topic today and our special guest, Peyton Matus. And we're going to be looking at the Texas Czech communities and a special event that is about to be celebrated and that you should consider attending because he's told me it's a lot of fun and I'm going to try to get to it. If I can't do it this year, I'm going to definitely try to go next year. Um, the National Polka Fest that's held in Ennis, Texas. I found a couple of cool things about the early checks though the earliest known check to arrive that i've been able to find is believed to be a writer and this is where the names get me peyton carl postal i believe is how you maybe you say it p-o-s-t-l he yeah. visited texas louisiana borderland area as early as 1823 and then at the battle of san jacinto playing the five in the texas band when Sam Houston led the army against Santa Ana, there was a Czech gentleman playing the fife, Frederick Lemsky. And then after that, there's a gentleman named Reverend Joseph Arnost Bergman. He arrived in about 1850. And for some, he's considered to be the father of Czech immigration to Texas because his letters home inspired a lot of interest in Texas. So, Enough of me. Let's get to introduce. This is this is Peyton Matus. Thanks for joining me today, Peyton. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's something that I'm pretty passionate about. My uh, I'm Czech on both sides of my family. Both got here just a little bit after that um, Bergman fellow you had talked about. I haven't done a ton of research into my own family, but um, I know that a couple of the other families within the Ennis community, which is where I'm from, it's a mm -hmm. very large Czech community. Um, do trace their roots back to that Bergman fellow that you had mentioned. So I imagine my family was really? pretty close then. Um, and yeah, so this is something that I'm super passionate about. My family goes every year. Um, we have since I was little that my mom tells me that I was dancing at Polka Fest before I could walk. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very, really? very important part of, of our culture that uh, I'm really happy to get to share with people today. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit immigration for the most part, pretty much started in the 1850s. Where did they come from? And what were their motivations for coming? If you can tell me, and where does it, they mostly settled? Yeah, those are uh, great questions. So 
The Czech Republic, um, or now is called Czechia, I think that's how you pronounce it, but uh, it used to be the Czech Republic. Before that, it was Czechoslovakia, and before that, it was three different nations, the Bohemians, Moravians, and Silesians. I think mm-hmm. most of the Czech Texans come from Moravia, or at least that's the history that I've heard um, pretty anecdotally. Um, they settled all up and down Texas. Some of the bigger communities that I can think of are in Ennis, West Texas, the town west, not the western part of Texas. Right. Um, there's a lot out near Fredericksburg in the hill country, all through the Blackland Prairie area. They're really all over. Yeah, you and your in the some of the notes you shared with me, there's about 250 Czech communities. I did not know some of them. Are, you said Ennis, West. Uh, out towards Fredericksburg, Shiner, Hallettsville, Praha, Amundsville. Some of these I know where they are. Some I don't. Schulenburg, Temple. All of these have a high uh, a Czech population. and goes back to Abbott, Moulton, and Penelope. I even found a list online that has, uh, by percentage, the how many people in the town are. The, high, the town with the highest percentage of Czechs is Abbott, Texas, with 42% of the population. It's a small town, a 1,000 people. Abbott, then Moulton. West, though, it's the 36%, and everybody that's traveling on I-35, of course, probably stops there. You know, instead of down in that area, you know, the Czechs stop, and uh, you've got to stop and get kolaches and stuff whenever you're on a road trip. Shiner, and then Ennis is a little bit farther down the list because it's a bigger, bigger city now. Right. We've definitely grown quite a bit, um, even in just the time that I've been alive, and I'm only 23. So they're diluting the uh, the Czech heritage a little bit, which is fine. Hell, it's encouraged, I would think, um, right. as, as the city grows. What about the? What is it about Czech culture that stands out to you growing up as this part of your heritage? What are the parts of it that you feel are the most signifying factors of to be Czech? or a Czech Texan? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So I think that music is definitely one of the big things. You know, polka might not be everybody's cup of tea. It's definitely not mainstream, but you'd be hard pressed to find a a Czech person who doesn't at least appreciate polka for what it's done for our heritage and our history. We've placed a really strong emphasis on hard work. Lots of Czech Texans are farmers or ranchers, and have been since they got to, you know, the West, the United States, Texas. And so those are two of the big things. Also, you know, what you see in a lot of minority communities, if you can call Czechs a minority community, importance of family, religion can be a big one. That was, I think, uh, from what I've read, an important part of a lot of the migration to Texas from Czechoslovakia, because the the communists were, were moving into that part of Europe. And mm-hmm. doing away with religion. Now the Czech or Czechia has one of the highest rates of atheism in the world. I think the highest. Remember that from one of my uh, courses in high school. And so a lot of the people that were where religion was really important to them ended up moving to places like Texas and other places up and down the Western Hemisphere. Interesting. What about this? This is something I'm unfamiliar with. You mentioned in the notes you shared. And this is where I, I might have, I might mispronounce it. This is where I, why you're here to fix it for me. So-called groups and different associations like that. What, what can you add about that kind of thing? Yeah. So it's, it's pronounced Sokol. You were pretty close. Um, Sokol. Okay. It is, you'll notice, uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more in my description later, but 
There are a lot of fraternal organizations that uh, checks either brought with them when they moved to Texas or created once they got here. I'm a part of at least one that I know of, and I'm sure my family has signed me up for others, where they were just like communities. They would, lots of them would build dance halls or gathering halls. They've morphed into life insurance companies now, so it's sort of like a communal way to take care of the community. Right. Sokol specifically, they build a lot of community halls. They put a very large emphasis on like wellness of the body and mind. So they're known for their gymnastics competitions. They're known for hosting dance events and competitions, choir and singing competitions, bands, that kind of thing. That yeah, that's that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge on Sokol and Sokol groups. I go to the Sokol Hall multiple times every year. It's the one in Ennis. It's one of the uh, main venues for Polka Fest. The one that I'm a part of is the KJZT. That in Czech stands for Catholic Union. I don't know what the Z stands for, of Texas, where it's a life insurance group slash fraternal organization where they'll have summer camps every year that, you know, I've attended. They do fundraisers for the different communities. You, you know, you had mentioned Abbott earlier. One of the biggest groups in KJZT was the Abbott chapter. Ennis was up there as well. You know, places from all over Texas join in these big fraternal groups to kind of take care of our, our communities. Oh, that's awesome. And I met you. I actually went to see a concert to see a couple of guys I love, Wando Salas and Zach Welch play. And I met you. They introduced me to you. You showed me your awesome hat with a rattlesnake on it. That, And then later on, I didn't know then, but you're a musician. And so I reached out to you after listening to music. I'm like, God, I'd love to play some of his songs if you'd be interested in it. And it was your idea, said, hey, have you ever considered having a collaboration or have somebody else on? Because there's something I really, really want to talk about. I'm excited about this. And this is where I'm going to turn the show over to you because you're the expert on this. Memorial Day weekend, talk about the event that's held in Ennis. And maybe we can get some people to come down there and join you. Yeah, sure, Michael. I would love to take over right now. So every Memorial Day weekend, people from around the world flock to Ennis, Texas for a three-day, four-venue music and culture festival known as the National Polka Fest, or most people call it Polka Fest for short instead of festival. The event was started in 1967 by three Czech Texans, Raymond Zaplatov, Joe Lishka, and Len Gehrig, who all hailed from Ennis, Texas. They had traveled around the state and seen the reaction that many of Texas's small rural towns had to the traveling polka bands of that time, and they came up with the bright idea to host all the bands in one place for a long weekend and invite Czechs from all over Texas then and from now all over the world to come celebrate. They took the idea to the Ennis Chamber of Commerce, came away from the meeting with a loose deal between the two parties. If Zaplata, Lishka, and Gehrig could fill a lineup of for all four of Ennis's fraternal halls, which I had mentioned a little bit earlier, for the entire weekend, the city would host a parade and downtown activities. By the festival's third iteration in 1969, it boasted about 30,000 attendees and has continued to grow since then. So the event uh, kicks off on Friday night with the Polka King and Queen Dance Competition, which was added in 1986. Dozens of couples showcase their skills to many different types of dancing, including polkas, waltzes, other Czech folk styles, um, and not within the competition, but there are also a number of country songs that get played as well. The winners are named that year's Polka King and Queen. 
Over the course of the next year, the king and queen are then invited to attend a number of Czech heritage festivals, cookouts, dances, parades, fundraisers, all of those kinds of things. I actually, one of my cousins um, was Polka Queen a couple of years ago. I forget which year. I think 2016. Um, so I got to see a lot of that firsthand. Tons of parades that she got to go to with her husband. Um, it was all really cool. The next morning, the festival hosts a 1K, 5K, and 10K races, which start at 7 a.m., followed by North Texas's largest parade at 10. The parade includes a number of polka and country bands playing music on mobile stages that are pulled by tractor trailers, processions of horses and classic cars, youth sports teams, school bands, floats for local businesses, and tons of more participants. One of the more fun ones that I remember from all of the parades that I've been to over my life is they have clowns riding around on go-karts, passing out candy and like Mardi Gras beads to kids. That's probably my favorite one. That one and then the cars. So lots of cool stuff at that parade. After the parade, the music starts at all of the town's fraternal halls and vendors open for business downtown. Attendees can interact with local businesses by their croge, which is um, a folk get-up similar to a German Dirndl or Lederhosen. And you can also try traditional Czech foods, including klobos, sauerkraut, strudels, and kolachi. Little known fact for you, kolachi is actually the plural. If you're eating just one, it's a kolach. The E is what makes words plural in Czech. So it's a little fact that I like to tell people to sound a little bit pretentious about my heritage. But I do think it's pretty cool. Um, the music then continues late into Saturday night at all of the fraternal halls. Usually music continues till about 2 or 3 a.m. And then they shut down for some cleaning. My family was actually one of the families that would help with that cleaning process throughout Polka Fest growing up. So I got to see that little behind the scenes as well. Then on Sunday morning, really all of Sunday is the centerpiece of the festival with the majority of the event's headliners performing on Sunday night. The day begins with a Catholic mass where all of the parts are sung to the tunes of polka music. Sometimes that's at one of the fraternal halls. Sometimes it's at the church, St. John of Nepomucene in Ennis, Texas. Um, I think it switches every couple of years as they have deals with all the different venues around town. Once the mass is done, music begins um, for Sunday, and many of the halls host a dinner where locals can, uh, again, eat those classic Czech foods. Um, and lots of those are, you know, put on by those fraternal organizations that we had talked about. So, um, like I said, the one that I uh, am a part of, the KJZT, we work at the KJT Hall, and we... so. Some of like the older women in that group will cook kolachi and strudels and all of the desserts. And then some of the local businesses whose owners are part of the organization will donate like barbecue and klobos and all of the different foods that we eat. A lot of it is donation based, which is pretty cool as part of, you know, the community. And then they use those as fundraisers to fund the rest of their events for the rest of the year. They take donations. They do charge a little bit for the plates. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head how much it was, and I'm sure it's changed this year because of inflation. But they, they use those funds to fund the rest of their events throughout the rest of the year. And yeah, so that's the National Polka Fest. They get bands from all around the country, including, uh, I think, Grammy winners like Brave Combo from Denver. Yeah, Texas. Brave Combo. They come down yeah. every year. They're normally the Sunday headliner um, at the largest hall. Um, and again, they switch up the rotation so that all of the fraternal organizations get a good chunk of money every couple of years. Lots of locals like NS Check Boys, Check and Then Some. I'm trying to remember other bands off the top of my head. There are tons and tons and tons 
out there that come to this event every year. Um, and it's really cool. So this year, if you're looking for Memorial Day plans, I highly encourage you to check out this event and experience, uh, you know, a little bit of Czech Texan history. That sounds like an amazing time. And you've gone your pretty much your entire life, right? Yes, sir. The only time that I did not go um, was when it was canceled in 2020 because of COVID. And I'm assuming that lots of family. You get to see a lot of family there since as long as they're nearby still. Oh, yeah. And family travel in from everywhere. My um, grandparents that live in down in the hill country, they come up. My uncle who lives in Pennsylvania, he flies down and brings friends. It's this it's a huge gathering of family and um, it's rare that anybody misses this event. Like a big family reunion plus 30,000 other people. <laughs> yeah. The, we should probably clarify a couple of things. One, I love the little tidbit about Kalachi. I'd never have to worry about saying Kalach because I'm not just going to have just one. So I'm, it's always <laughs> going to be Kalachis for me. Um, what is Klobase? Is it, how do you say that again? So Klobos, um, Klobos. Klo- Klobasi for the plural. Um, it's like a sausage. It's like Kilbas is the Russian okay. word for it. Um, okay. Yeah, it's like a, a big sausage. And how big are these halls? They have four of them. I imagine they're quite, for that many people, it's got to be pretty sizable. They're gigantic. Yeah, so looking at uh, Ennis's website, the Sokol Activity Center, or Sokol Hall, which is the largest of the halls, um, it's is 27,000 square feet. Main room seats approximately 2,000 people theater wow. style with a stage and a gigantic dance floor that runs the entire length of the hall. Oh, wow. And so you yeah. really need a dance floor that big because you've got on some songs about a thousand people that are dancing. Right. Um, and for some of the bigger bands, a lot of the time and a lot of the locals who go pretty regularly really hate this. A lot of people will like stand in front of the stage to get sort of a concert experience out mm-hmm. of it. And they might mm-hmm. take up a quarter of the dance floor. And so you really do need that much space. It sounds great. I think I really, I encourage everybody, if you're got a chance to go experience this, I hope you do. Um, maybe one more thing we should probably clarify. Ennis, Texas is... It is about an hour south of southeast of Dallas on I-45. Mm-hmm. Um, so headed out towards Houston, just north of Corsicana. Um, if you're coming from Waxahachie, you're going to take 287, uh, about 15 to 20 minutes south. Um, and so we're 287 and 45 cross. Just north of okay. that is where Ennis's downtown is. Okay. I always get confused there because I always see the Ennis exit. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. That's one of the things about interstates. You always see the names of the towns. You just never get to see them themselves. Mm-hmm. So, But one of the things you said that's very important to, of course, Polka Fest and to the Czech people is music, right? I love music. I met you because of my love of music. And you, it just turned out you play music. Uh, how long have you been playing and writing songs? So compared to a lot of the other artists in the scene, the blink of an eye. Um, I started my, I started, I picked up my first guitar my sophomore year of college, which was about three years ago now. And so I had just finished playing football um, because I had, I was a D1 football player and I had a really bad concussion. And so mm. I had to step away from the game. And then I filled those 40 hours a week that I was spending on football with trying to pick up music and, and learn music. And I used it as a sort of a coping mechanism for losing football, which was 
a very right. important part of my life, right? I did it for 15 years. Right. Um, and then, you know, when you spend that much time doing something, very naturally it sort of becomes its own thing. I wrote my first song about a year after I started playing guitar. It was all really basic. It wasn't that good, the first couple. Um, took me a couple months to get one that I'm proud of. Probably the first one that I was proud of is going to be released uh, on, I think, June 1st of this year called Heathens in Heaven. That's a full band project that I just put together with 301. That was probably the first one I was really proud of. And that's when I got the taste of, oh, wow, I really enjoy this. And I think I need to, if not make a career out of it, at least make a very significant hobby. Well, I definitely think you have a chance for anything you want to do. You've got an EP out that you released in 2021 called The Campfire Sessions. That's the first song that I heard from you. I loved it. I love you, you have a, your own kind of a style. I, I love the fact you had a talking blues song on it because going back to like Towns Van Zant and Bob Dylan, they always had their talking blues and you had your own one that you did talking penguin blues. That was really good. Uh, you've got a, every song on that's great. Then you have another single that you put out called Lost Highway Boots, which is also really good. Everybody should check them out. I've, I've played a couple of songs already from on some of the uh, daily episodes. Growing up and listening to music, aside from your love of polka, were there any Texas artists that you look up or admire as far as it goes to just Texas yeah. music and the style of music you're playing now? Who are you, like, influence-wise? Yeah, that's that's a great question. It's got kind of a complicated answer. The first 20 or so years of my life, I was really focused on football and, you know, where that could take me. So I didn't really even get into really good touch with my Texas roots until probably my junior or senior year of high school when I discovered like the Eli Young band, um, cross Canadian ragweed, some of those older, more classic Texas bands. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like I said, when I stepped away from football and, and music became probably my biggest passion, I discovered like Towns Van Zandt. He's probably one of my He's definitely my favorite artist of all time. His live right. record, um, Live at the Old Quarter, is my favorite album. I've listened to it probably two or three hundred times just in the last same, two years. Same um, here. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can definitely see that. I kind of stole the picking pattern for uh, Talking Penguin Blues from Towns Van Zant's Fraternity Blues. Blaze Foley is another uh, really big influence on me. And then there's some more um, like modern folk people that mm-hmm. I would consider big influences. So Willie Carlisle is probably the biggest. He's a guy from out in Arkansas, I think is where he's from originally. And mm-hmm. now he's touring all over the place. He had a couple songs blow up on a couple different like music YouTube channels. So I, I play a couple of his songs pretty regular. Yeah, I've, I now I just absorb as much as I can. You know, all the right. people at 301, their stuff is great. People should look out for them. So Zach Welch, Colton Mathis, is that's who you really need to pay attention to is Colton. Kate Anson, Jacob Ryan Marshall, all the guys over yeah. there at 301 are just fantastic. You know, there's there's so much music. I could go on and on and on with people I would consider um, some of my favorites and some of my influences. Yeah, it's, it's a good group of guys. Also, They're also dang talented. It's, it's kind of infuriating how talented yeah. they all, everybody yeah. is um and colton we're recording this oh now you hold your own i'm sure man I, I, <laughs> I, you you're you've only played guitar for that long and 
that's pretty uh that's not a very long time to be playing guitar and you you're you, you sound like you've been doing it for years. We're recording this on the day that Colton put out his uh, first song, his single, Fight. And yeah, he's uh, they're all they all have their own style, and you know they're all talented, including you. Uh, and speaking of that, you have it's going to be on the Wednesday, Wednesday the eleventh of May, May eleventh. You've got something coming out. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. I have a four-track EP coming out um, with 301. Um, it's called Prayers to a Lesser God. The songs on that are going to be Sing the Darkness Away, 3951 Baltimore Avenue, Prayers to a Lesser God, and the last one is called Recovery. All songs that I'm super proud of. They're all really stripped down. And then I've got another single coming out on June 1st, I think, is the date that we had decided on. I should probably double-check that. And make sure I'm saying it right. But that's the Heathens in Heaven, like I, I had mentioned earlier. That's going right. to be a full band project. Colton Mathis did like 90% of the instruments on that, um, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so June 1st is the release date for that. Awesome. And then, you know, I've got tons and tons of songs that I'm proud of now that I want to eventually put out. We'll see when all of those come out. But yeah. That's awesome. How often do you play out live? pretty regular or are you trying to or what's that like well, i i just got started doing it um i've crashed a couple of my friends sets before this point i played with zach welch's band this past weekend i just did um heathens in heaven i played with matt moran up in wichita falls a couple weeks ago crashed one of his nice. sets um did an open mic but i host my first gig rhyme sort of headlining um this weekend actually so it'll be my first gig where I play more than a couple of songs. Oh, okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, if anybody wants to keep in touch or follow you and get announcements about music and shows like that, what's the best way they can do that? I, I, I found a lot in from, through Twitter is how I contacted you first. Yeah. So the best way to get information on pretty much the whole, like, Dallas, Fort Worth slash Hill Country scene is via Twitter. That's where a lot of the stuff happens. I'm also on pretty much all the social medias. Um, it's just my name, Peyton underscore Matus or Peyton dot Matus. And yeah, I, I post stuff on all of the platforms pretty regularly with announcements on where I'm going to be playing, upcoming projects, all that kind of stuff. I'm very excited to see what you got coming up. You promised to play a couple of songs and then we'll wrap the show up um, with a song that's going to be from the release. And uh, I'll just leave it back to you. Yeah, so the the couple that I'm going to play right now, um, I'll give you three names, and I'll let you choose two. They're all oh, okay. more fun songs. Um, so you've got, your choices are Muse Worth Musing For, um, Detoxing, or Front Porch Honky Tonk Blues. Oh, man. Okay, definitely one of the Front Porch Honky Tonk Blues. And, dang, you would make me choose. That's tough. They both sound interesting. Let's go with the uh, the first one. M Muse worth musing for. Muse worth musing. Oh, yeah, let's go with those. Okay, I'm going to do front porch honky-tonk blues first. So give me half a second to get set up, and I'll pull up the lyrics just to make sure I don't screw them up. I could probably play all three of these inside out and upside down with my eyes closed, but just to be safe. Well, I don't blame you because I don't see how I don't see how people remember, <laughs> even if they wrote it. And it's a, it, it, it's amazing, you know. Some people play for an hour and can remember every single thing. I I I can barely remember my phone number some days, man. 
Yeah, it, it can definitely be tough, but you get used to it. So uh, a little bit of background on both of these songs. Um, when I was up in Philadelphia um, at the University of Pennsylvania, that's where I went to school, I, uh, during COVID especially, but even a little bit before and a little bit after, I would sit on my front porch a lot um, near University City, which was where the college was located. And since everybody was at home, you know, I had nothing to do. There was no parties. There was all the bars were closed couldn't hang out with anybody. So I would just sit on my porch and play. That is uh, how I ended up writing a lot of my songs is I, you know, tuned into something, call it the muse, call it, you know, something divine, whatever it is, I, I unlocked it. And so I would write, I tried to write a song a week for a while and that fell off a little bit. But so a lot of my songs are just about sort of that experience. Um, that's what the front porch honky tonk blues is about, sort of about turning that front porch of mine into my little music sanctuary. So I will uh, give it a go now. And eventually I want to turn these into a full band project, but we'll see where it goes. I've got the long way from home Texas boy blues I ain't heard a steel guitar In a few months it's true I'm tired of all the street lights Real tired of the concrete Well I need something To cure the Texas boy in me We'll turn this porch into a honky-tonk tonight We'll salt up these old blue floorboards just right We got Shiner by the bottle you can ask around for a light We'll turn this porch Into a honky-tonk Tonight Well, strangers, they stop and they laugh As they walk by Say they've never seen a big old hat Quite like mine got poncho and we got lefty a country boy will survive when we play all these honky-tonk heroes on the front porch tonight and there's city girls lined up for miles to learn how to two-step But only me and the boys know how to do that. And we can't stop to teach them. Cause we're the ones playing all the songs. So we just laugh as we watch them do it all wrong. Turn this porch 
into a honky-tonk tonight Well, I might have made a deal with the devil To make it turn out all right Let me pull out my dancing boots Hang up all these neon lights We turned a porch into a honky-tonk tonight We danced a hole in the front porch honky-tonk tonight Something like that. Nice. I love that. Yeah, so that's that was one of uh, the more fun ones. I think eventually once I can turn that one into a uh, something full band, it'll be really, really spicy. Um, but that's right. a couple years down the line, so be on the lookout for it. I'm going to play it pretty regularly at my shows, I think. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of my older ones, one I'm pretty proud of. They should be. Good good work, man. Thank you. All right, so the next one we're going to do, um, it's got sort of the same kind of backstory, Muse Worth Musing For. Um, it's about women who would stop and you know ask me about my music and act kind of superficial about it. And do that sort of thing, like, oh my god, so so cool with music mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but then, you know, never really take any real interest in it. Um, right. So you'll see how it goes. And here we go. You ready? Yep. All right. Did you like the music coming from a pedal snare? Or am I just a boy in a cowboy hat And you ain't got those where you're at So you couldn't help but stop and idealize Sure, I can play you a song or a few I wrote the last one, I wrote this one too And I guess I'll think about writing a song for you I'll make a country shuffle about a barn or a bird And I'll fill it with a whole lot of cheesy old words And I can almost guarantee it'll make you swoon But I need a muse worth musing for Oh, a woman worth more than just a couple chords Make me want to sit and write a whole goddamn album How I was lost, but then I found I need a muse worth musing I'm sick and damn tired of being called a vibe, but when I call you ain't got the time, cause I ain't a picking and a grinning on this here guitar. But you go and tell folks that you know the dude, sitting on his porch, whistling a tune, chasing some odd thing y'all call clout. Then you wouldn't like the video on my Facebook page, you hoot and holler while I'm on stage. Sorry darling, I do not play for you. Oh, I play for me and all these other guys with all these tears up in our damn eyes from you and muses doing what muses do. But I need a muse using for a woman worth more than just a couple chords. Make me want to sit and write a whole goddamn album how I was lost and then I found I need a muse worth music. And then when I was writing this, I uh, assumed at some point I would have a muse who was worth musing for, and so I left a little instrumental bit for her to come on stage and bitch at me and go, 
Babe, you've written tons of songs about me. Am I not a muse worth musing for? You're acting like you can never write a real heartfelt song about a, about a woman. And to that I would respond, No, darling, this one don't apply to you. Your song's got three chords, that's more than two, and I'm pretty sure I don't mention a barn or a bird. Oh, I swear I'm still working on your damn album. I tried to run, boys, but she found me. She's a muse. I'm musing for But I need a muse. Oh, woman, worth more, just a couple chords. Make me want to sit and write a whole goddamn album how I was lost, but then I found I need a muse worth musing for. Something like that. I love it, man. I dig it. I, I love the, you've got a way with words. It's, it's really cool. Folks, definitely go and check his music out, Mr. Peyton Matus. I'll be announcing and sharing some songs in the future and make sure you try to remember to go out and check them out when they're released. We're not going to forget that. Um, and go see Peyton down in Ennis for the National Polka Fest. You're going to be in what building? The Is it KZT Hall? It'll depend um, where the bands are. I don't know what the lineup is for this year, but look around for the dudes about 6'2", 6'4", with his boots and his big old hat on. It's got a rattlesnake hat band on it. You're going to be wearing the hat, yes. It's an impressive, it's an impressive hat and the snake and it's authentic. I mean, go ahead and you want to go ahead and tell where the hat came from and that since you've already told me, I'm teasing everybody with the story about the hat. It's an impressive hat. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool hat. So I've got a very abnormally large head. It's an actual size eight in hats. Um, so I had to get my hat custom made. Um, and my grandpa actually got it custom made for me um, a couple years ago. And that summer, he had had a ton of rattlesnakes out at his property for some reason. Um, and so he shot the first couple and was throwing them over the neighbor's fence. And eventually he said, I can't keep throwing them over my neighbor's fence. He's going to get mad at me and talk to the HOA or whatever. And so he took the rattlesnakes to the hat maker and he had them made into hat bands. So I've got one. My little brother has one. My dad has one but they just don't really wear their hats as often as I do. So I'm the one that's sort of famous for it. Awesome. Peyton, I want to thank you so much for joining me. You're always welcome here. Anytime you've got a new project or you just want to talk about anything else, we'll do a, maybe do another one about, about something like this for next year. Um, if you're up to it, uh, good luck for everything you got going on. And uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, you've, educated me quite a bit today i will never say kolaches again uh, <laughs> when i'm referring just to one and uh it, it's been cool having you on appreciate it thank you i appreciate that thanks for having me it was no problem as usual the music theme music for the show is by the great Derek mcclendon be sure to check out his music everywhere you listen to it and we're gonna end the show with another song by peyton matus and we're just gonna close it out from here thanks everybody for listening thanks again Peyton thank you brother thanks everybody take care of yourself take care of each other be kind adios there's prayers I sing to a lesser God who loves lost kids never grew up and she sings to me the lights are off and I swear undying devotion on a no guitar that's out of tune from my grandpa I turned 22 and I saw a rise 
light of June and I had my first epiphany Now these prayers I sing The lesser God They sound like jazz The oven on Baptized in a slow dance song Right after a bottle of Chardonnay The sacred rite in a two-bedroom Well, it smells of oak Your perfume and the scriptures Are written in the margins of a cookbook From the thrift store prayers I sing to a lesser God she sings back to me left in awe that the most divine would harmonize with the likes of such a sinner as the congregations bowed their heads and prayed like transcendentalists I turned my eyes up to the skies and the heavens stood wide open swore undying devotion swore undying devotion sing to a lesser God who loves lost kids never grew up and she sings to me when the lights are off and I swear undying devotion swear undying devotion